It is the Right Hook Health Checkup. I ignored that segue about the great guest she's having tomorrow um, because I've made myself available. 53106 for your text and they're coming in in droves. A lot of them about the nether regions of It's men. always the way, isn't it? Well, I've no idea. I don't make up these questions. I'm but beginning anyway. to doubt that, actually. My mother the listener says, has been diagnosed with borderline cirrhosis through excess alcohol. What does she do now? I have a very <laughs> sad text, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, first of all, obviously, the person who's, who's texting us, I would imagine, is at the very youngest or the very, you know, would be a, a teenager. So you're talking about a reasonably middle-aged, if not older lady who now has the early stages of cirrhosis from alcohol um, excess. What does she do now? The only thing she can do now is to stop drinking. But honestly, she has to want it. No one can do this for her herself. That's assuming she hasn't stopped drinking. Well, if she well, hasn't stopped drinking, then, then then that's as good as it gets. Do you know what I mean? She just yes. has to live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, cirrhosis doesn't get better, presumably. No, cirrhosis is where... There are lots of different stages of liver damage from alcohol, but cirrhosis is coming up to end stage. And cirrhosis is when very often in the earlier stages of, of liver damage, the liver becomes quite inflamed and become quite swollen. And there is some hope at that point that you might be able to do something if you stop drinking and kind of, you know, sort yourself yeah. out. When you get to cirrhosis, you're talking about the liver shrinking and kind of withering. And that's really wow. not a reversible no. thing. And people with, with end stage cirrhosis go on liver transplant lists and that sort of thing. Um, this... This lady needs to do this for herself. Nobody can save her from this other than herself. And it's about changing her ways. But you can get a transplant. Yeah, you can. But George, it's first of all, transplants, I wouldn't be relying on that for your get out of jail card because they're few and far between. And second of all, um, somebody with liver cirrhosis is not a brilliant bet for a transplant. Oh, I see, yeah. And of course, you only have one liver. Like with kidneys, you've got to spare one, as it were. Yeah, there's no spare Yeah. Now, um, what about this listener who gets very anxious? It affects sleep and mood. Uh, Listeners suggest they have a healthy lifestyle. Um, Anxious? Lots of people suffer with anxiety, George. It's a really common problem, like a really common problem. And I think all of us have a touch of it. I mean, I, I think you and I have often referred to the fact that we would get a little bit stressed or anxious from time to time. That's very normal. But some people it becomes debilitating so that they can't perform properly at work or they're finding themselves very distracted in their relationships at home or they can't sleep, they can't eat, they feel a bit physically sick and that kind of thing. And I think that's what we have here. And um, there are a variety of things you can do. One of the first things I would certainly do is look at lifestyle. This, this uh, listener says that they have a healthy lifestyle, but I mean, you can always look at your lifestyle for improvement. But, but surely the problem with anxiety is that even if things are good, because you suffer from anxiety, you think they're bad. Yeah. It's a kind of a half full, half empty glass type of situation, yeah, you, you, isn't it? Well, some people, of course, are, are anxious in response or in reaction to external stressors, but lots of people could be living a perfectly uh, steady and happy enough kind of a life and still be anxious so it can be kind of an inherent thing I think exercise is very good for mental health I'm always a great believer in people taking lots of exercise and no pills uh, no uh, pills sometimes George not all the time I would you know I don't uh, you, you you joke that I push the pills but I don't um, but exercise like walking cycling running swimming that kind of repetitive almost meditative yes. aerobic exercise that you can do yeah. for an hour here and an hour there is very very good stuff like meditation yoga pilates that slows down your breathing those types of things are very very good cognitive behavioural therapy is the talking therapy of choice CBT is the talking therapy of choice for for anxiety and then for some people there is medication if we're at that level but don't go there first line do the other stuff clean up your, your lifestyle first and take on the stuff that's good for you
All right. Now we're back to the nether regions, I'm afraid. We actually got through a couple before we got there this week, which is a bit yes, of a, a, yeah, yeah, unusual but, but, for us. But he has a niche at the tip of his manhood. Of uh, his penis, yeah. We can say penis. Can we? We can, because it's anatomically correct. Let, let, let's name things. All right, that's 607. All right. It, it, it's very itchy. Six months ago, there was red, sore, tight and everything. Now it's cleared up on its own. So, fine. But he does say, should he consider circumcision? Am I allowed to speak? Please. Circumcision when you're in your 30s, I wouldn't think is very pleasant. No, it's not. It's not even very pleasant when you're in your in your but, infancies or your childhood. But you don't know about No, it. but you won't remember. But I, I say, mean, you have all these bloody de- deteriorations or saying that, you know, I've been irrevocably damaged because when I was three months old, my mother had me circumcised. That's bolder. We don't see much of that now. What we see more of is young lads who are like six, seven, that kind of age, getting circumcised for a variety of medical but, reasons. But circumcision is a fantastic idea and should be promoted strongly. I totally disagree. Agree, unless there is medical indication, I totally disagree. This guy, I'm, I'm looking at, at, his, at his text and the, and the itch oh, and the redness. Thank and God the, you're only looking at his text. And, and I'm thinking to myself, he may well have candida. He may well have thrush, which is a fungal infection. Um, but he, he says he wears condoms. He does, but but he, he, he describes himself. He sounds monogamous to me. He's talking about having one partner yeah. wearing condoms and all that kind of stuff. Um, thrush isn't necessarily an STI. It's just a fungal infection. And oh, while right. it can be passed sexually, you can get it outside of uh, sexual relations. Um, I would suggest this to this guy. But it's cleared up. So yeah, so I'm not, but, but there's something going on or why is he texting us and asking about circumcision? Because, because he thinks it might come back and he thinks he, that he circumcision would prevent. From time to time it's itchy. Right, okay. I would suggest that he goes to the chemist, he gets himself a, a topical treatment for thrush something like Caniston which is over the counter cream and he uses it three times a day and he uses it for a period of about a week beyond when he is asymptomatic. So once everything is cleared up he continues to use it beyond that point and we see bear in mind this is a very important thing when we're treating thrush and it's mainly women we treat for this if you are sexually active we have to treat your partner as well because I see an awful lot of women and the thrush is recurrent and I say well did you treat your partner and they look at me blankly there's no point if you are sexually active in just treating yourself because your partner may have something there's no point in looking at me in this conversation well well, well, believe it or not this this isn't about you just 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 bear with me but if if that's not enough to sort this guy out then he needs to go because we cannot say here even though we are brilliant on on the right hook uh, health check we cannot say that he doesn't have chlamydia or gonorrhea or something else because we just don't know so I would suggest an over-the-counter medication for thrush see how it goes use it for a period beyond when it's cleared up and then if that isn't enough get himself checked we can never tell anyone even the monogamous even the people who believe they're not at risk of an STI that they don't have one All right, there's a fundamental difference between you and I you think you have to answer every question for five minutes I think you could answer it in two sentences I I think we have to answer it till it's properly answered George what about the fellow with the pain in the sole of his foot. He did a lot of rough walking over the weekend, but he didn't hurt himself. He's 40 and overweight. Then he had a gin at the weekend. He thinks it could be gout. This is horse manure. Like, if, if he did a lot of rough walking over the weekend, and he's 40 and he's overweight, the reason is probably he did a lot of rough walking over the weekend. No, and you can't dress that up with any of your medical mumbo-jumbo. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was kind of hoping I wasn't talking mumbo jumbo. I, I agree with you that it's probably unlikely to be gout, particularly because it's the sole of the foot rather than a single joint because gout doesn't always affect the big toe or the joint where, where people get a bunion, that joint, but it usually affects one joint rather than the sole of the foot. I think he has a condition we've often referred to here on, on the Right Hook Health Check, which is plantar fasciitis. No, he hasn't. I think he does he from doesn't. straining from walking. And I think what he needs to do is massage the sole of his foot, use his uh, tennis ball to run his foot forward and back over the top of it, pressing down, and probably take anti-inflammatories provided he's neither allergic see, nor having a gastric see, ulcer. See, I have a huge problem with this. I must say, you inflate everything to catastrophic levels. Like the fella has a pain the sole of his foot because he was climbing the mountain. He's fat. I would and like No, he's fat and he's 40. And suddenly he has a condition called plantar fasciitis, which could go on for months. He could be into getting cortisone injections. I would suggest he could that be that visiting physiotherapy for the rest of his life. Whereas in actual fact, look, look, just relax and don't go walking next week and it'd be an amazing improvement. I, I'm speechless. I'm no, speechless well, yeah. after that passion. It does. The fella has left the, the program because he doesn't want to hear about George's penis. I've never, ever spoken about my penis on this program. I've spoken about my itchy scrotum. Oh, uh, and I want to talk about it because I have a problem. Uh, what's the best way to treat hemorrhoids? Have two showers a day with lots of soap. A lot of hemorrhoids are caused by... Oh, you say this all the time. It's total misinformation. It isn't. It is. It's the, hemorrhoids are not caused by poor hygiene. Hemorrhoids are like little varicosity, little varicose veins, if you will, around the back yeah. passage. They're caused by straining at stool or being overweight. What you do is you make sure you're not constipated. You make sure your stools are soft. You use a topical steroid cream or a steroid suppository till they go away and you cop on about your diet. It is not about showers. And I don't care what nun told you that. I really don't. Well, I had a lot of that kind of effort stuff before because obviously I didn't I, I didn't have running water or hot running water. I wasn't I didn't have a bathroom until I was 19. And I didn't I genuinely my generation because we and this is a serious point to make in here. My generation because we didn't have bathrooms. We were very poor with personal hygiene because we didn't know I I, I now understand where you're coming from but you're confusing. That's not hemorrhoids. That's excoriated skin around the back passage from poor hygiene. That's a different thing. Hemorrhoids are the swellings, the little grapes of wrath they're sometimes referred to as. You made your point. If you want short answers for your medical questions or long answers, you can still text the same number. There isn't a text number for short or long answers. It's 53106 for the right hook health checkup. 16-year-old. Great to have 16-year-old and he plays a lot of rugby. I often feel a grinding in my knee. Do you know what that might be? Should I see a physio? 16 year old says. I think maybe he should see a physio if he's Correct. playing a lot of rugby and he's getting a grinding in his you knee. You don't have to go any further. You've answered the question. Uh, we should just give him a little bit. Let's just give him a little bit, George. Um, it could be that he has damaged his cartilage from overtraining. It may not be. A lot of 16 year olds will get a condition called Osgood Schlatter's. Do you know about Osgood Schlatter's? I bet you do. We're back in the. It's not. It's just zone. pain in the growth plate in the knee because they're teenagers and they're exercising lots and Can lots. Can I just tell you here that the problem for a lot of these kids in sport, and it's now, and I'm sure you agree, because medical experts are as one. Kids are playing too much sport. Mm, a lot of sport. And, and overtraining. And overtraining. With weights. Don't you agree? Yeah, so absolutely. he could be overtraining. He should go to a physio. Because he, he didn't see a pain, which is quite interesting. Feeling I the thought. grinding, yeah. 
I thought. So everything, he should definitely go to a physio. And physios are very good at assessing things like yeah. these. And if this kid needs an MRI, which may be what he does need by way of having a look inside his knee, then that can be all decided. But yeah, I think this is a very mature kid, actually, who has Absolutely. identified what us as, the go-to, yeah. as the go-to pair about his bad knee. What more would you expect on the right hook? Absolutely. I had a lump in my left nostril, the poor person. Had it for several weeks. Uh, it's coming up as a spot. 25-year-old man? I think this guy has one of those little cystic things going on in his nose. You know when people get kind of yeah. a, a, a collection, like a blocked pore, and then they get a very deep spot. It's not like a little yeah. pimple on the top, but yeah. it comes up and it gets like a big red thing. Um, sometimes a pimple on your nose? Yeah, your nose can be an awful diddle. I do, I, if I told you how many dates were destroyed by pimples on my nose... I don't know how you, you got through the amount of dates you appear to have been on and still married at a young age. Uh, with my pimple on my nose. Well, well, uh, you know, I know what you're going to say, a topical cream. A topical cream is probably your only man here and he may need one with a steroid if it's very swollen or he may need one just with yes. an antibiotic. Occasionally for these kind of deep, very pain, and are quite painful these things, you actually need an oral antibiotic for a few days but it's hard for us to say because as good as we are it's quite difficult for us to assess skin lesions on the right hook health check because we can't actually see but, them. But, but yeah, Okay, but he did say the lump was in his nostril. He didn't say it was on his nose. He said he had a hard lump in his left nostril. It was also a spot. Hmm. The lump in True, the nostril. True, you make a good point. So maybe it's maybe it is internal. Um, Go to an ENT. Well, there actually are, are, are nasal creams for up your nose for spots as well. Believe it or not. Really? Yeah. I have a text here uh, from Lisa in Greystone. She says, I can't find a GP in Greystones. Because that is not what she says. I can read the text. She's always on the radio and she's never attended. That's completely not what she me. says. Anyway, she's worried about her kids getting the flu. Now, she can't give them a jab, obviously. She can of so. I thought the flu jab was reserved for old age pensioners like me. No. The flu jab is made freely available by the HSE for old age pensioners like you, but patients oh, are entitled to buy a flu jab and oh, can certainly do how much? that. Well, it depends on where you go. I know in my surgery it's 15 euros, but in other people's surgeries it's other, it's other and prices. And would you recommend a flu jab for kids? Uh, not necessarily, George. I mean, the indication is not there to vaccinate the whole population. But for example, if you had kids with bad asthma or something oh, yeah, who are likely yeah. to become very unwell, or if you had a child who was diabetic or had a chronic illness, then I absolutely would recommend them to have a flu jab. So it kind of depends on the kid. All right, but wouldn't you say it would be that you should be trying to allow your children to get colds and chills and flus and get sick and all this sort of thing rather than from a very early age giving them a reliance on uh, jabs or uh, whatever, no? Uh, Aren't you supposed to get sick as a kid? Well, and take well a yes, few to days an extent, although I'm a kind of a fan of vaccinations. But, but can I tell you what I think we should be saying to our kids, and we don't say it to our kids, is okay. would you ever cough and sneeze into a tissue? Would you ever throw it in the bin? And would you ever wash your hands? Because the amount of people that are coughing and spluttering and sneezing all over each other without washing their hands oh, is what's spreading. God. The coughs and the colds and the flus. We're not teaching our kids very simple, basic I get this basic from Ingrid hygiene. every day. Now, I kind of... Ingrid and I are as one like on it. this. I mean, she gives out to me every day. Why are you sneezing? And why don't you blow your nose? And why don't you throw it in the bin? And why don't you wash your hands? And all this stuff. And now uh, I get it from you as well. It's absolutely right. Uh, in yeah. Ingrid is spot on. I often see it, particularly... I think we think as parents sometimes that if our kids are small, they're two, they're three, they're four, they're five, we can't tell them okay. to use a tissue or to wash their hands. Right. We let them splutter all over okay. each other. No, you're never too young to learn that. All right. Now, you've actually come uh, 
uh, thing is, um, you know, I noticed this with uh, um, parents yes. of babies. Yes. And they pick up the rice pudding on a spoon. Yes. Then they put it in their mouth. Yeah. And then they put it in the baby's mouth. Yeah. Is that not absolutely criminally negligent? Uh, well, are they going to pass germs one to the other? Yes, they are. But provided you're healthy and well, and to be honest, you're probably your immune system is far more robust than your babies and all that kind of stuff. It's not the end of the world. You very often see that with mothers. They drop a soother, they stick it in their mouth and they suck it clean okay. and then they pop it in baby's mouth. Um, there are worse things you could do. All right. John Turnier says he's, he doesn't want any of my pop medical knowledge. He wants to hear you. Well, I think John Turnier is absolutely right. Yeah. Well, I've said very little, really, by yeah. my standards. <laughs> oh, yeah. What standard. about a small rash about a centimetre in diameter on his hip? John and Cork. It's been itchy for a few months. And now I started to scab over. Um, we, we, we have to put the proviso out there that we cannot tell you, John, that it's not something nasty, a skin he's cancer. He's going to a GP anyway. But... Likeliest guess, you know, without seeing it, it's probably ringworm um, because it's persistent, it's itchy, it sounds to me when he says diameter like it's circular, it's isolated, it's a one-off discrete lesion, so it sounds like that. But I cannot, sadly, tell you for a fact what it is because we can't see it. Give it a lash of a bit of something like Dactarin cream over the counter cream. If that doesn't settle, you need to see a GP. Don't leave things for months. That's a blast from the past, Dactarin powder. Dactar- well, I'm talking about cream for this gentleman. We used to use that in the in the rugby dressing room. Oh, you so would do, yeah. We would put yeah, it yeah, inside yeah. our sock or something, would we? Yeah, it would be right for athlete's foot. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, sprained ankle. This is a great question. Laura I like this question, in too. Clondalkin. I've heard it's heat, I heard it's cold, I heard it's elevation. What is it? She asked the question for an immediate sprained ankle so the immediate one is get off it elevate it ice it and bind it compress it that's to stop it from swelling up massively but you are right George the the, the the ground is shifting on whether or not ice therapy or heat therapy is better for chronic inflammation in, in injuries um, but certainly in the acute phase you know when your ankle blows up instantly and it goes all swollen and kind of bluey purpley and all of that ice it at that point get off it stick it up in the air and bind it with something firm something tight alright okay uh, I tend to get pimples, uh, George says, in North Dublin, in all places on his body. Not in great quantity, but it's enough to be irritating. Is that normal? Uh, no, I wouldn't say it is normal. But if he's getting outbreaks of what... We're going to have to just presume that he's going with what he says he's going with, which is pimples, that he doesn't have shingles or something that we can't see. Um, if he's having clusters of kind of spotty outbreaks, he's probably having, you know, George... North Dublin bloke folliculitis he's probably having some kind of infection of his hair follicles um, I would suggest that and it's breaking out in pimples somewhere yeah else. I would suggest that George should probably make sure he's washing regularly and maybe should use something like try this George you know the kind of stuff you buy as a face wash if you're a teenager with acne and you have spots will you get that and you put it on a sponge and you use that as a shower gel so you're using a kind yeah, of antiseptic right. shower okay. gel and give your body a good scrub down once a day and uh, see how you get on with that. Yeah, having dismissed of course washing earlier on, you know, suddenly yes. become a fan of washing. Like you got to be fairly. I never consistent. said no. I wasn't a fan of washing. Oh, listen, I, I, this is interesting. James in Wexford, uh, Waterford, uh, because I've spent my entire life terrified of having bo. My entire life. 
And every time... You don't smell remotely, George. I know, but every time, every time some girl broke up with me, I was convinced it was B.O. But James and Waterford Juice's antiperspirant, talcum powder, nothing seems to work. Now, how does he know he has B.O.? Can you, because you can't smell yourself. I you think you can. No, can I, you? I, well, I would think so. Um, what I would well, say, I mean, you know the way, I mean, men do it. I don't know whether women do it. They kind of... Have well, a little sniff of the armpit. Oh, yeah. yes, women do do it. All right. Particularly on a night out, you'll see them all in the bathroom in, in, in any kind but, of bar but, around but town. Does B.O.? Here's the thing. Fresh sweat doesn't smell. Okay, so if you're, if you're, if you're going out and you're clean and you sweat, it doesn't smell. Stale sweat Smells very badly. You said this last week or two weeks Did ago. Did I? Am I repeating myself? Am I boring you? No, am no, I boring you? Just, no, but you just <laughs> said it. I just want yeah, to say so stale it. So stale sweat, just like a tongue twister, smells fresh sweat doesn't. So first of all, you need to wash regularly. Oh, so more washing. More washing so that sweat isn't allowed to stay in the body. Then you do need to use an antiperspirant. But here's the thing. What often smells is not you. It's the armpits of your clothes. So you need to take your shirt that you've worn for the day and throw it in the laundry basket and put on a fresh one after you've showered because you could be as clean as a daisy but if your shirt is two days old it also needs to be washed because the stale smell of sweat off that is probably where the BO smell is coming from. I must say you've gone up tons of my estimation. Have I? I didn't think that was possible. No, that was an astonishing answer and I hadn't thought of it and normally I'd think of these things. Changing your shirt. Changing your shirt. Well, if changing your underwear Seven years in medical school, George. Seven, changing your underwear more than once a week is all also recommend that's a daily that's a daily thing too and your socks yep all of those things yep Okay, so it mightn't be anything to do. If you are washing and you still have it, I think it's your clothes. If you wash every day with soap and if you use an antiperspirant deodorant every day, there's nothing there on your body. But why does the antiperspirant roller thing that I use make my armpits incredibly itchy? Because you're a very sensitive man. No, there must be another one. Maybe I should just change it. Well, there are other ones, of course. And there are ones for sensitive skin. Go and get one for sensitiveness. Now... Christian Turles has a two-year-old. He's worried about her having insomnia, right? Do Two-year-olds don't have insomnia. No, not generally. They, so there's something keeping the child awake other than insomnia. Would you agree with um, my pop medicine? I, I would agree to a certain extent with your pop medicine. Now, we, we should say that there are certain uh, medical conditions and stuff, and we don't know anything about this child other than she's two and her dad's name. But, but that are associated with poor sleep. So we're, we're, we're going to park those and say we don't think it's any of that because we don't know anything about that. We're just going to say this is a two-year-old who doesn't settle well at bedtime. This is one of the tough jobs of being a new parent is training your child to go asleep. Okay? But this is two years, yeah? yeah lots of two-year-olds still not sleeping. You need to instigate a very strict very regimented and very routine bedtime routine that you do the same thing every night. What a lot of people do is after the dinner, you know, the child would have the bath and baths are good for making us sleepy because as we get out of the bath, our body temperature drops from the warmth of the bath to the cold and dropping body temperature makes us sleepy. And then you wrap them in nice sluggly pyjamas and then you stick them in the bed and you read them a boring story. A two-year-old? A two-year-old. No, two? not too early to read a story to a two-year-old. You okay. read them a boring story. At two, if they're somebody bad sleep, make sure that they have a bed that it isn't easy for them to get out of either because you don't want that either and then you walk away okay and you don't panic if there's a couple of tears it, it's not going to scar anyone for life I'm not suggesting you leave your child to cry the house down all night but you, you go away and you come back and you reassure as needs be but you keep going away 
and either you break or the child will break. But children learn about bedtime right. and it is one of the greatest gifts that you will give a child. One of the greatest gifts you will give a child is training them to be able to self-soothe themselves to sleep. And this isn't about being hard. This isn't about children bawling their eyes out. This is about a child learning that they can snuggle into their bed comfortably and go asleep and looking forward to bedtime. But parents have to step up here and train them okay. to do so. Most kids okay. don't do it naturally. Break a habit of a lifetime. Give me two quick answers. Do you lose your sense of smell when you're in your 60s? Um, it decreases slightly, but if you're losing it, you need to go and talk to your doctor. No, it doesn't. No, you shouldn't. All right, Unless okay. maybe you're a smoker, but either way, you need to go and talk to your All doctor. Right, what about this poor 39-year-old from Cork? He has to take 45 injections a week and 82 tablets for diabetes and rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah, it's pretty is rough, that possible? It? Well, it is if he's, if he's on insulin for his diabetes and is injecting several times a day. I mean, it, it would be. Um, it's pretty rough on him, obviously, and, 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 and very difficult, but... I'm not sure that there is another way for him to do that. He would need to talk right. to an endocrinologist because he sounds to me like he's insulin dependent and that's something that has to be managed very carefully. All right, okay. Kira Kelly uh, will be back next Monday um, with uh, the Right Hook Health Checkup.